Michigan's Upper Peninsula is my home and Escanaba is my hometown. I'm Craig Warple. Hometown Escanaba connects with the people, activities, and newsmakers of Escanaba and the UP. Join us for more interviews at hometownescanaba.com. Now let's find out what's going on. Laura Wickman is Chief Assistant Prosecutor in Delta County. Thank you so much for joining us. I Thanks appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me. The victim unit is something we've talked about before, but uh, you are in need of people to work it. So let's start off with what do they do? So our victim unit is a really critical part of our office. They're usually our uh, frontline person and the, the face that most of the people see in the office, uh, especially outside the courtroom. Uh, their jobs and their roles are critical to making sure that the victims that unfortunately find themselves in the midst of a, a criminal case uh, feel supported, understand what's going on, what's going to come next. Uh, and it's just an absolute critical part in our office. Uh, we've had just a fantastic group of people, um, and that's allowed us to expand and uh, create and assist with the, the uh, creation of the Child Advocacy Center. Uh, they've grown so big at this point that they're kind of branching off on their own a little bit outside of our office and our umbrella, which means we have uh, some openings and some need for some really fantastic people who want to work in the criminal justice system, want to help people, uh, and really be that, you know, uh, front lines person that can help uh, these people through what's a very, very difficult time. Are they more social worker type people? They're not attorneys. They're not attorneys. Nope, they're not attorneys. Uh, some have social worker backgrounds. Um, some have just a criminal justice background. Uh, the job roles that we're looking to fill right now only require a two-year degree. Uh, so anything that shows some semblance of connection. Uh, I think somebody in our office right now has just a general criminal justice two-year degree, uh, but this is what her niche was, what she really, really enjoyed doing. It's working with those people, making sure that they understand what's going on. Uh, and it can be a super rewarding role. I have kind of a limited uh, picture of what they do uh, because they do so much outside of the court system, but obviously when somebody's going to have to come in and testify, I have to come in and kind of talk them through what I expect, what I'm going to ask them, and what the rules are associated with testifying. Uh, and to see them interact with the, the victims and what are just usually awful circumstances and things people don't want to talk about in front of one person, let alone a room full of people. The way that our victim unit has been able to keep them calm and as comfortable as possible in that situation just always absolutely amazes me. So there's a lot of relationship building. A lot of relationship building. It's a lot of listening, a lot of talking, um, trying to figure out what somebody wants from a case. Uh, it's not always as black and white of, you know, I want this person to go to jail, I want this person to go to prison. Some people, they want that, but they also want to hear an I'm sorry from a defendant or some sort of acknowledgement that that person did this person wrong. And sometimes they can't quite articulate that's what they want because they can't quite put their finger on it and our victim unit has been fantastic about getting me that information because I can make I can use that to my advantage and I can use that to help resolve a case in a favorable way for our office for the victim for everybody involved um, potentially without them ever even having to testify and having to face that person face to face I'm assuming that a lot of crime is with people they know a lot of crime, I, I don't even know if I could put a percentage on it exactly, but I would say the vast majority of crime 
you the the victim knows the perpetrator which makes the emotion part even more difficult it makes it much more difficult you usually not only did that person hurt you in some way maybe physically but there's a break of trust and that's usually the biggest thing for somebody to overcome and understandably so they might have taken advantage of that relationship to commit that crime uh, and that's a lot harder to Mm -hmm. repair than you know a physical injury you mentioned the child advocacy center taking some of the employees away because of the expansion so are they just having more to do over there suddenly or is it just that they're growing and becoming more influential in what they're doing? I definitely be growing and becoming more influential. They've done such a fantastic job of creating that resource for not only the Delta County community, but the surrounding communities, uh, that they just need more people there as well, um, that they need more full-time and those people's dedication to that building uh, versus to our office. And they do such a good job in the way they, they advocate for their uh, the victims that walk through their doors as well. Uh, whether it be through the interview process or after the fact that we want to keep them there so they can continue to work on that side of it and we'll develop it again back on our side. Which would, in their case, mostly be children. Correct, yep. And you're talking about all victims here, so a lot of them would be adults. Yes, we have uh, potentially two positions open. Uh, One would be a family and youth advocate, uh, which primarily had worked previously actually with the Child Advocacy Center as kind of that bridge between the two offices. Uh, making sure that everybody on both sides could communicate with each other and everybody knew what was going on, Uh, working primarily with crimes that affected children or families, whether that be through the probate court um, or even a a domestic violence type situation where the children aren't named victims. They're not the ones who unfortunately were assaulted, but they're still living in it. Um, And so we like to have a person dedicated to that portion of the victim population just because there's so much more information that needs to go and there's so many resources available not only to children victims uh, but adult victims and families as well that the more people we have available to answer questions and provide those resources the better off the any victims might be the other position the other position is uh, more of an overall position that would help uh, run not only the grants these are all grant funded positions Uh, that they would help run the grants and oversee those but as well as having that daily victim contact Uh, usually at the misdemeanor level, uh, but having that contact on a daily basis. One of their primary roles is, uh, for any of the victim advocates, is within 72 hours of the crime being committed, uh, our office wants to reach out to that victim to let them know we're there, that the victim unit can provide all these resources, they can answer any questions, and you can imagine that can be quite a few cases to try to do within a 72 hours. At what point then do you as prosecutor become involved with them? It depends on the case. Uh, So in a felony case, we have to start off pretty quickly. Uh, Within 14 days of that person being arrested or arraigned, we have to have a preliminary examination. Uh, Usually that's the first interaction that I would have with a victim because they're going to have to testify. And so I jump in and tell them what my role is, make sure that they feel as comfortable as they can with me. I don't want them to the first time that they see me should not be the first time I'm asking them questions has always been my philosophy. Everybody's going to be nervous up there. You're talking about, again, something very personal. And you're doing it in front of people that you don't really know. You might have one or two people in that you know and recognize. So I like to always have that one-on-one connection with them ahead of time whenever possible. In misdemeanor cases, uh, that process does not go quite so quickly. uh, But we always make ourselves available that if somebody has a question that 
either the victim advocate can't answer for one reason or the other, whether it's a legal question or what have you, that we're there to answer their questions whenever. That might be a phone call, that might be an in-person meeting, uh, whatever we can to make sure that that person is as comfortable with the process as they can be. And with only three of you in the office, those positions become more important as a support group. Absolutely. They're absolutely critical to how our office runs. Uh, we have victims that we tell, and I, I usually sign off every meeting I have with a victim of, if you have any questions, do not hesitate to call our office. That's what we're here for is to help you through this process and usually reference whoever's sitting in as a victim advocate. Try to get a hold of them first. They might be able to answer your question already. They're very familiar with the process. Uh, if they can't answer it for whatever reason, then they'll come find me. Uh, and they're a lot easier usually to get a hold of than I am directly. So, How does someone apply? Uh, we haven't posted the position as of yet, uh, but they will be posted on the county website as well as on our Facebook, hopefully by mid-next week. Which is deltacountymi.org. Correct. And then our prosecutor's office is just the Delta County Prosecutor's Office Facebook. I've noticed an uh, uptick in drug arrests here just recently, including a couple from the Milwaukee area, and we've talked about people from outside of the area before. Absolutely. So There's, is, is that my imagination, or is there an uptick? It's unfortunately not your imagination. Uh, we're starting to see some people come back into the area from out of the area, bringing in substances that we would rather not have here. Uh, still a lot of methamphetamine that we've seen for the last few years. Uh, but also an uptick in cocaine, which is somewhat new. Uh, we haven't had that quite as frequently since I took over the role of uh, dealing with the drug cases. Uh, so it's it's showing itself a little bit more frequently than I can recall it previously. Why do you think that is? There's always a, f it's, it's the economics of it. Unfortunately, it's whatever is the cheapest at the time or wherever somebody who's looking to sell the drug can get the best price. And in investigations, they've determined that for whatever reason, the Upper Peninsula, you can get a really good price on drugs, whether it be meth or cocaine. You mean as far as them being able to charge the right price? Correct. It, that it, it costs more. That's why more, they come in from outside correct, the area. Correct. It costs more to purchase it here than it does down in Detroit or Milwaukee. Okay. What What is the concern from your point of view on cocaine becoming a, a larger drug here in the area? I, it just brings in a different element of people. You don't have a lot of crossover in terms of people who are going to use meth and people who are going to use cocaine. Uh, so those that might be bringing methamphetamine into our community is going to be a whole different segment of people who are going to bring cocaine into our community. So now you have two populations of individuals coming from outside of Delta County into our community bringing two very dangerous substances uh, and cocaine is a very very dangerous substance you also had recently a lot of pleas and sentences go through do they gen generally go through as groups or did they just kind of pile up that way i kind of piled up that way uh, we're starting to uh, have trials again and people are really kind of getting pushed up to the wall of whether they want to take a plea or want to take it to a trial. So we do tend to see a lot more pleas as they get closer to a trial date. Um, we have had a lot of sentencings recently that are kind of holdovers, usually from uh, early 2020, I believe at the start of COVID, a lot of them were, that have just finally trickled through and gotten to the point of a sentencing. Uh, so it's kind of a combination of factors, but I think primarily the fact that we're looking at actually going to trials now. How far backed up are you? Right now, I believe we've just set trials in circuit court uh, summer of 2022. So we're starting to catch up. 
uh, but it's still a long road ahead of us. What do you mean by just starting to you mean new ones? New trials okay. being set for summer of 2022. So ones like uh, we always have circuit court days on Mondays. The mo- mornings are primarily either arraignments, pleas, or setting them for trials. Uh, and I believe this last Monday they were setting them in June of 2022. And those would be cases that were probably charged in June of 2021. Are you involved then in all three courts? District, circuit, and probate I'm prim- as prosecutors? I'm primarily involved in, myself, primarily involved in circuit court cases. Because of the drug cases. Because of the drug cases. Um, I do appear in district court on occasion, uh, primarily with the, the felonies before they get up to the circuit court level. Uh, but our office is involved in all three courts, and I believe today when our assistant prosecutor actually appeared in every single courtroom at some point today. Is that right? <laughs> so it's a, usually a three-ring circus of who's going where. So who's going to be in district court on Friday? Who's going to be in district court on Friday? I believe that's going to be uh, Assistant Prosecutor Hayes. Oh, darn, because I don't know him. (laughs) I got picked as jury duty. Oh, how exciting. (laughs) Is it? Well, I'm This is my fourth time I've actually been called over the years. One was a federal court. Okay. One was district and then two circuits. So I've never been chosen, of course. Okay. Because of my position with media. Yep. That tend, tend to get bounced. Um, but I have to leave the station early because of it and everything else. So funny story that I have about that is I actually had a trial that I was going to be conducting at the beginning of September. I received a jury summons to sit on my own jury. Yep. At the beginning of September this year. So that (laughs) one went away for a variety of reasons, but I've been assured by the circuit court staff that I will be getting another one at some point. They have no doubt about it. So we'll cross Did you have it. to sit in the box? And We didn't even get to the jury showing up the day of the trial. Oh, okay. It went away ahead of time. But I had the sheet of paper uh, on my desk that Monday morning when I came back. So, Which shows the importance of why you should be involved with juries, Ab- right? Absolutely. It's a, it's a huge part. Uh, the, the justice system could not move without it. Uh, it it's just such a critical role. Uh, and it's always interesting to hear people who maybe went into it wary, maybe why am I wasting my day here? Uh, I've talked to several of them on the other side of it. They got chosen, they had to sit through the day or a couple days and they come out and they always find it very, very interesting, the process. The most common one I hear is it's not like you see on TV, uh, but they always, <laughs> they always seem to enjoy it and at least gain a little bit more understanding of how that process works with the criminal justice system. When you choose a juror, is it always the same, or is it different from case to case on the reasons you might choose someone? Uh, it's it's pretty pretty similar in each case. Um, I always tend to just go with uh, what feels right, and some people will get up there, and you can tell they don't want to be there. And I understand that, and I don't necessarily want somebody who doesn't want to be there because I want them paying attention. I want them understanding what I'm trying to present, and I want them to take the defendant and the the role of proof beyond a reasonable doubt very seriously it's a it's a high bar for a reason uh so i always look for those types of things um i always have i usually have an officer with me as well usually because they know a lot more people they have a lot more people interaction uh to see if they're getting a different read because they also look for different things just because of their role as a police officer they have to look for things around when they're out on the road uh, so it's always, it's kind of, I don't go in looking for a particular person. I always go in with as much of an open mind as I can to see who's going to be the best to pay attention. And I always start my voir dire, the jury selection process of, I need good listeners. I always look at it as a job interview. I want you to listen to me as much as you can and take as much of the information that I'm trying to get out there and my witnesses are trying to get out there 
back into that jury room to make that decision. Well, I'll let you know how it turns out, okay? Absolutely. If you don't find out before me. Laura Wickman is Chief Assistant Prosecutor for Delta County. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to our sponsor, SwedishPimple.com. Check out all of the fishing lures made right here in the Upper Peninsula at SwedishPimple.com. You can continue to follow us at HometownEscanaba.com. We connect with the people, activities, and newsmakers from Escanaba and Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Music